What is up, Devil fans? It is Monday, January 23rd. I'm your host, Bill Botch, and welcome to the Trap Podcast. After I left you guys, the Devils were finishing up the California part of their road trip, headed to Seattle. An exciting win over the San Jose Sharks. But the Devils were going to have a tougher matchup in Seattle. Seattle is definitely not the team that they were last year. Seattle looks really good, and they kind of brought it to the Devils. Let's be real. The Devils were lucky to get a point out of that game. Another last-minute goalie-pulled goal by Nico Heischer that sends the, the game to overtime. You really have to love what you saw out of Mackenzie Blackwood. If it wasn't for Blackwood, the Devils are not in this game, period. Period. He stood on his head. He had a 900 save percentage, and he, he looked great. He looked very confident. He was making saves with authority. He was kicking pucks out. Um, it was the first time that it looked like he wasn't fighting pucks in quite a while. He's actually played pretty good in his past couple games. So anybody that was giving Blackwood shit for the overtime goal because they maybe didn't watch the game and watch the highlights really just doesn't you didn't you missed you missed it on that one. We'd like to give Blackwood a lot of crap, but that was that game was not his fault. He was the saving grace for the Devils in that game. So the Devils end up coming home from a five game road trip, get nine out of ten points, couldn't be happier. Um, and then they had a matinee game versus the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday at 2 p.m. And this was, I love the matinee games because I could bring my son. So I brought Bo to the game. He's six years old. Obviously, it's hard to bring him to a night game. They get tired, they have school the next day. And it was cool. We, um, we got to play a little hockey. They have like a little kid zone. We got to play a little hockey. It was the Lunar New Year. So they had some cool festivities going on. Um, he got to take a picture with a fake Stanley Cup, and he actually caught a T-shirt during the T-shirt toss. He was on a Jumbotron. His favorite player is Dougie Hamilton, so the day ended really well for Bo Bear. The day started with Jack Hughes scoring about a minute and a half into the game, and you thought that this was going to end up being a shootout because Pittsburgh countered right back. That wasn't the case. In fact, the Devils really looked very sluggish, and they did not look like they were on the same page from the end of the first, second half of the first period all the way through the second period. They went like 10 minutes without a shot. And this is, you're starting to see that the Devils are not the same team that they were during the 13-game winning streak. Now, with that said, they are still finding ways to win games. And to me, that's just as important. So the good teams, and I always say this, good teams find a way to win when they're not playing their A game. And they're doing it. And that's great. Because part of the maturation process of this team, and what's going to take this team to the next level, is these kids finding ways to win games. For years, the Devils would get... 35, 40 shots on goal when they would bring their A game 
but they would never, and then they would still find a way to lose a game. Now it's kind of the other way around. It definitely helps that we have goaltending. So you have to love what you've seen out of VTech Vanacek. And it's more than just the saves. So Vanacek, we, before Vanacek, we have had this stable of goalies that has had this, if you let up a couple soft ones early in a game, their game goes to complete shit. Vanacek has been extremely resilient. You could tell he is, he's able to shake him off, which if you got to watch Brodeur, um, he, he was the kind of guy to where he would let up a goal and then the rest of the game he would look good. He has a, good goalies have very short memories. And Vanacek definitely is one of these guys because he'll let up a goal that you think, ah, tonight might not be his night. You know, he might not be seeing the puck right. He's fighting the pucks. He's fighting pucks off. Not the case. In fact, he comes back strong. He's able to pick himself up. He's really resilient. I think it resonates with the team, and I think it resonates with the fan base, and it's, uh, it's, it's more than just the saves. I think it's he has become a fan favorite, and I think he really likes it here. He loves being appreciated. He has a ton of character. He's like such a lovable guy. Um, after the win on on Saturday, Matt Lachlan asked him about what he was doing for for dinner, being that the game was over at you know four thirty and he was going to get to go home, and he was coming off of a road trip, and he was going to get to be with his family. And uh, this is What's what for we dinner got. today. How are you going to relax after this one? Yeah, honestly, I think we're going to go for uh, hibachi. Yeah, it's just across the street, you know, and then we was talking with my wife yesterday. We will go for hibachi. So hibachi. So you got to love that. Today, you got to love that. I mean, that's such a wholesome answer. And I think he just brings good vibes to the Devils for once. You know, Blackwood can be a stellar goalie, but sometimes the vibes around him are not so good. There's a lot of tension. The air is thick in the building or you see his interviews and he you wonder to yourself, oh, geez, like, is this guy not happy here? Or is he fighting something else? Or what's going on? And you don't feel that way with Vitek Vanacek. Vitek looks like he's really embraced this chance to be a number one goalie, which he is. He clearly is. He's been amazing all year. And it's led the Devils to the record that they have today. So um, I can't say enough good things about Vitek Vanacek. Now, the Devils do not look like the team that they did during the 13-game winning streak for a couple reasons. One, I think they're not playing with the same speed. They don't look as fast as they did in transition. And that could be for a number of reasons. One, I think that teams saw their speed and were playing on their heels knowing that they can transition the puck as fast as they could. And now I feel like teams are playing a little downhill. They're getting the puck deep, and they're hemming us in our own zone. They're playing heavy four-check games, and they're, and they're not respecting our speed that, the way that they did. Obviously, losing Marino, who's able to transition the puck really well, is a big factor too. But the Devils are not hard on pucks the way that they were. The Devils were like a dog on a bone for the first half or for the first quarter of the season. And the second quarter, um, 
they just don't look as hungry and as have the tenacity that they had. I mean, our back check was phenomenal during that 13-game run. We were picking people's pockets all the time. Um, we would get pucks deep, and we would not let teams breathe. We would literally just suffocate teams in their defensive zone, and we don't really have that now. When we were doing that, our defense was able to jump into the play. I mean, how many games did you see Dougie Hamilton tilt the ice to where he would get on the ice, our offense would be clicking on all cylinders, and then he would just tilt the ice so much to where we would pretty much be in the offensive zone the entire time he was out there, and he would be either moving the puck around or getting shots on net. I mean, there were plenty of games where he had seven, eight shots on net. You're not really seeing that as much. They're kind of getting hemmed in their own zone a little bit. And they're forcing him to play defense, which his defensive game has improved this year over previous years, but that's not the strength of his game. The strength of his game is moving the puck up ice and getting shots through and being jumping in on the play. So the Devils are, you know, they're not to mention they're not getting as many shots on net. And what's happening now is our shots, luckily, the shooting percentage is super high. But if that shooting percentage was to dip and be average, we would be losing a lot of these games. And at this point, when you're one point behind Carolina for lead in the Metro and you're in fourth place in the entire NHL, you're really thinking about the playoffs and what you're going to need to win seven-game series. And right now, I don't see this team beating the teams that you would need to beat in order to win the Stanley Cup. So, for instance, we can beat Carolina. We can beat Boston. We could beat Toronto. But can we beat them four times before they do? Can we beat them in a series? And, that's, and, that, and you're not going to be able to do that playing the way that you are right now. You need to, they need, they need some more, um, they need to play harder and faster and they need to get some more high quality shots on goal. The Devils are letting up more high danger scoring chances than they did all season. There's a lot of odd man rushes. There's a lot of shots from the slot. There's a lot of time in the defensive zone that we really didn't see in the first quarter of the season. Now, there's a couple of reasons for that. One, the BMW line was switched up, which we were rolling four lines at the beginning of the year, and the BMW line was extremely effective. You could put them out there against everybody. They'd get the puck deep. They'd be hard on pucks, keep the puck below the goal line, wear teams out, allow us to make a change, and then, and then you know, catch the other team out there on the ice for an extended period of time while they were tired and take advantage of it. We're not really doing that anymore. Nate Bastion's back. He hasn't really looked himself yet. It might take him a couple games. I understand that. But Miles Wood, uh, not to beat a dead horse, but Miles Wood has been a real problem. He has done nothing, like literally nothing. Like, no goals in 30 games. He does not play physical. He is not fast. 
He is not making smart decisions with the puck. He takes penalties. Miles Wood is actually becoming a real problem. Now, I get it. Miles Wood is a heart and soul kind of guy. You would think at some point when you're playing this poorly that maybe you want to drop the gloves or do something to just contribute to the team. And he hasn't. And you wonder, what is the future of Miles Wood on the New Jersey Devils? And I don't see a spot for him. For a couple reasons. One, he's getting paid too much money. Let's be real. This is a business. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. And I, I don't see a situation where they are re-signing him. In fact, if it's up to me, Miles Wood is going to watch the games from the owner's box for a couple of games. It's been too long of a stretch. It's 30 games. I mean, you can't, you can't go this long without contributing at all. I would like to see a Fabian Zetterlin in the lineup or, you know, a Holt or give someone else a chance. It's been really hard to watch. It really has. They put the BMW line out on Saturday versus the Crosby line, which the people next to me were not very happy about. They're, the thought process is McLeod can win a faceoff. Whether he can win a faceoff for Sidney Crosby or not, I, I didn't look at the stats. I could probably pull it up real quick. I didn't look at him. But the thought process is while they have their – best players on the ice, if you can get a heavy checking line, a heavy line out there, and then you can get the puck deep and forecheck the shit out of them, it's basically like the best kind of defense is keeping them pinned in their own zone instead of... Now, if they now don't get me wrong. If the Crosby line is in the offensive zone, you're going to rely on them to block shots and do stuff like that. They actually did a pretty decent job. And Pittsburgh did the same thing to the Devils. They had their checking line on the on the Hughes line. Um, Mike McLeod has been good. Um, Mike McLeod has actually been a lot better than I thought he was going to be this year. But that line really hasn't done much. And I know it's got a cool name and all, but if they don't start producing soon, you're breaking them up and you're finding new people to play on your fourth line. And not to mention our, our third line's not very good either. So Jesper Boquist and Sharon Govich and Mercer, I mean, Mercer should be playing with Hughes, in my opinion. Because if you get Mercer going, he's a nice addition to a team. He can put up 20 goals. So the Devils ended up playing better in the third period. They definitely pushed pace. And yeah, I, I did. I, I thought that they were going to win the game in regulation because I, I thought they controlled a lot of the game in the third period. The, the Vanacek save was insane, where I guess he got it with his, with his glove or, or paddle of his stick, and then it hit the crossbar. It looked like it went in from where I was sitting. So that was a, that was a I almost had a heart attack during that. And then, obviously, in overtime, the goal by Pittsburgh was disallowed. Um, just when you think you lose the game, 
They call a penalty on him. Now you're on a power play. So, um, in overtime, Dougie Hamilton. Here comes Hughes straight away. Hughes to Brat. Eyes it down low, gets it to the captain, Heischer. Hughes takes it. Cross ice. One timer. Just have to love the way this team. And it was a missile. It really was. That was a bomb. Man, Hamilton, he uses that big frame, and when he gets a hold of one, watch out. That is a serious shot. And the best part about him is he's accurate. He's very accurate. He gets he gets pucks through, which is like half the battle. So Let's be real. We're going to get into the into the juicy stuff now. So the Devils have a game tomorrow, but what what everybody is talking about is the Devils making additions to their lineup. And I think it's necessary if they want to make a serious run. And the guy that we all want to talk about is Timo Meyer. And why the hell not? So today on the 32 Thoughts podcast our friend Elliot Friedman brings up Timo Meyer. You mentioned Timo Meyer. I do want to get to Gavrikov here in a couple of moments, but Timo Meyer, the latest as you talked about on Saturday. Some of the reporters in San Jose went to ask him, and you know he kind of he didn't say no. But I I think it's generally understood that if San Jose gets in a position where they're close somewhere. Meyer is going to, and his agent, uh, who's Claude Lemieux, are going to be allowed to talk Mm -hmm. uh, to teams. So as far as I know, no one's been allowed to do it yet. But I I do think the Devils, like Meyer, obviously I don't think they're the only one. But I I think the other teams in the East expect the Devils to do something major. And so we'll see if that happens. But I think Meyer is definitely one of the guys they like. New Jersey going to uh, corner the market on Swiss hockey I mean, players, whether it's Nico that or is pretty – That I mean, you talk about the inside source of inside source. The Devils are going to make a serious move. That's what other teams are talking about too, and Timo Meyer is at the, he- the top of that list. I mean, you have no idea how bad I want the Devils to get Timo Meyer. He is literally exactly what the Devils need. He is exactly what they need. Now, I mean, you have Claude Lemieux is his agent. Pep is his agent. And you have Tom Fitzgerald's brother works in the San Jose system as well, alongside Mike Greer. This makes so much sense for this team right now. Meyer's 26. He'll be 27 when his contract starts next year. He's going to get paid a ton of money. And there's going to be a ton of people wanting to pay the guy. He is a big, goal-scoring, physical, power-forward winger. I mean... It is literally the definition of what the team needs. He's 6'1", 220 pounds. He's obviously from Switzerland. Him and Nico have a ton of chemistry, um, which you saw in, what was that, the World Cup of hockey? 
but you look at his numbers and his stats, and what and, and what is he going to want to get paid? He's going to want to get paid, or he's going to get paid. He's not going to want to. He's going to get paid eight point five to nine million dollars, maybe more. Nothing less than eight. I can tell you that for sure. So if you go through, he was the ninth overall pick. He plays, he, he, um, he shoots lefty. Now, realistically, everybody thinks that you'd play him with Nico because they're both from Switzerland. But realistically, he's going to play with Hughes if we were to get him. And his strength is his shot. And boy, does this guy like to shoot the puck. And tell me we don't need a guy who wants to shoot the puck all the time. I mean, he is leading the entire NHL in shots on goal. And he's going to eclipse 400 shots on goal in one season. That's insane. That's insane. That's more than David Pasternak. I mean, it's really... Impressive. He's got 27 goals in 48 games. He's he's the real deal. Now, if you go through his stats, um, l- last year he played 77 games. He had 35 goals and 76 points. Point-a-game player, but 35 finishes. That's pretty impressive. The year before was... Now, please keep in mind, he's playing on the San Jose Sharks. They're literally the worst team in the league. Like, it's them, Arizona, Chicago. They're they're in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. He does play with Thomas Hurdle, who's a good player. But he's on a horrific team. And the numbers that he puts up are insane. He's got... So, in the COVID-shortened season, he only had 12 goals, but he had 31 points in 54 games. The season before that, he played 70 games. He had 22 goals and 49 points. And the season before that, he played 78 games, 30 goals. The year before that, 81 games, 21 goals. So one thing that you'll notice is the guy is durable. He's played in 81 games, 78, 70, 54 in a shortened season, 77, and he's played in every game this year. He has, last year he had 326 shots on net. And this year he's at 219 with a shooting percentage of 12. So not to, not to bring up Jesper Bratt, but people want to see Jesper Bratt get paid $7.5 million. Or Jesper Bratt wants to get paid $8 million or $8.5 million. Or $7.5 million, whatever. So Jesper Bratt has 46 points uh, and he's played 46 games. He's got 18 goals. So he's playing really well. Last year was his obviously career high. He had 76, he played in 76 games, had 26 goals and 73 points. Amazing year. That is somebody that deserves to be paid. Then you go to the COVID season. He's got he played in 46 games. He had seven goals. 
2019-2020, he played in 60 games and had 32 points. 2018-2019, he played in 51 games and had 25 points. And then in 2017-2018, he played 74 games and had 35 points. He's not the same player. Like, we love Jesper Bratt. The guy's incredibly skilled. This is a totally different player who brings a totally different dynamic to the team. Now, if you want to compare the two, because these are people that people are worried that you're not going to be able to sign Jesper Bratt if you sign Timo Meyer, which isn't the case at all. So you don't have to worry about that. But let's go through from 2017 what Jesper Bratt and Timo Meyer have done. So Timo Meyer has played in 90 more games. He's got 70, 62 more goals. But here's where it gets really crazy. Shot difference, 712 to 1,400. And I get it. Jesper Bratt is a playmaker. I totally understand that. Assist, 161 to 161. Goals per game, Jesper Bratt, 0.25, Timo Meyer, 0.34. So do you get what I'm saying? Like, this guy drives offense. He's a power forward. He plays physical. He gets into the gritty parts of the ice. He's a winger who can drive pace. What I think it does is I think you sign him, and it kind of puts Bratt's camp in a weird situation to where they say, shit, all right, they might be good on the wing now. We might have to take a little bit less money in order to stay here. Kind of like what Boston does. Boston always asks the people to take a little bit of a hometown discount. And Jack Hughes took a hometown discount. Jonas Siegenthaler took a hometown discount. Nico Heischer took a hometown discount. There's no reason Jesper Bratt shouldn't. And when they all take discounts like that, what does that mean? It means that they want to be surrounded. They want to have more money to be surrounded by better players because they want to win. This is the guy that you go out and you get to play on Jack's wing to shoot the puck. This is a grand slam. And I honestly, I think it's going to happen. I really do. I haven't been this excited for a player since... The Dougie Hamilton thing. Dougie Hamilton free agency. Because he was exactly what we needed. A big right shot defenseman with term who could power who could quarterback your power play. Who could drive play from the back end. It's exactly what we needed. And Timo Meyer is exactly what this team needs. And very rarely do you see that. Now, the thought process is, well, what are you going to give up or how are you going to fit these people under your cap? And it's it's really not that difficult. I think you're going to give up Alex Holtz. You're going to give up your first round pick, maybe a second round pick, and you're going to give up a prospect. Now, who will the prospect be? It's not going to be an A prospect. So anybody that says Simone Nemitz 
or they're obviously not giving up Luke Hughes. But anybody that says Simone Nemitz or, you know, Seamus Casey, which I, I think Casey is still available, but they're not giving up Nemitz or Hughes. So I think you give up Holtz, you give up a first, maybe a second, and you give him a Kevin Ball. Or you give him uh, a Zetterlin or a Boquist. But this is this can get done. Like, this can actually happen. And when it does, the Devils are going to be for real. Not that we're not already, but this is going to be, you are really going to hit fast forward on the timetable to when the Devils can win a Stanley Cup by making a move, a splash this big. And what's good is the Sharks are letting teams talk to their agent to get the deal set prior to a trade. I, I really think that this is going to be something that takes the Devils to the next level. Now, one thing you have to think about is the New York Rangers are going to go after this guy hard. And it's very tempting for a guy to want to play in Madison Square Garden on a good young team, too. Let's be real. The, the Rangers have a good young team. The problem is they can't score enough. This would be a guy that would fit right in with their team as well. It's going to be really interesting. I actually, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen soon. I think the Devils are about to really, finally, we're going to be the buyers and we're going to make a huge move. Now, you have to look at our um, our salary structure. If it was me, I'm going to put Miles Wood on injured reserve, you have a lot of people coming off next year. You have Jonathan Bernay coming off next year. You have Damon Severson, five million bucks coming off. Um, there's a there's a lot of you're gonna have a lot of cap space. Is what I'm getting at. I don't have it right in front of me. Let me pull it up. So you got Damon Severson, 5.1 million. You got to sign Brat. Andreas Janssen, Jonathan Bernier, Mackenzie Blackwood, 4 million, 4.6 million, 2.5 million. Ryan Graves, 4 million. Thomas Tatar, 3.2 million. Miles Wood, 3.2 million. Eric Halla, 2.5 million. Igor Sharangovich, 2 million. And your back end, you're going to be replacing with guys who are going to be making $900,000, Nemitz and Hughes. So there, there is space. There absolutely is. Now, the Devils have a, a pretty tough schedule coming up right now. Um. They get Vegas tomorrow, and Vegas is obviously a, a good team. And then they play Nashville on the road, and they play Dallas on the road. I think Dallas is the best team in the Western Conference. They are a young team. They have a ton of depth. They have one of my favorite players, Miro Heiskanen, on the back end. 
I mean, we don't watch a ton of Dallas hockey in New Jersey, I'm assuming, but keep your eye on him. We all know he's good, obviously, but watch the way that this kid skates through the neutral zone with the puck on his stick. It's so impressive. Beautiful skater. Um, he's just a super dynamic player. Uh, one of one of my favorite players to watch. But And Jake Ottinger is sick. Jake Ottinger... I mean, he could be a, a Vesna Trophy guy in the future. I definitely could see that happening. So you're going to have a, a tough couple games, and then you get the Canucks. I mean, what is going on with the Canucks? The Canucks are a total disgrace. Rick Tockett is the worst coaching choice, by the way. They did Bruce Boudreau dirty. I mean, everybody wants out at this point. I mean, Quinn wants out. I don't know if he hasn't said that publicly, but I can't see him wanting to stay there. And I and I read a rumor that like the Devils want all three of the Hughes brothers on the same team because when they become unrestricted free agents, it would entice them to want to stay and maybe take a little bit less money. That seems like a far fetch to me. You would have to give up a, a serious haul to get Quinn Hughes. Um, I don't see how that's possible. The Devils have obviously been linked to um, Bo Horvat. I don't. I don't see where that's how that fits in. I mean, he's a tough player, and he is very hard to play against. He's really good. He's obviously a center. You can never have too many centers. That's never been a problem. Um, I just don't know if I'm really going to uh, give up assets in order to get Bo Horvat for a push down the down the stretch. Now we have our own questions that we're going to have to really get into when it comes to our own players and the trade deadline. I don't think you're getting rid of Severson at this point. If you're going to finish in the top two spots in the Metro, I don't think you're going to move them prior to the deadline um, because you need that veteran experience on the back end. The guy does have value. I mean, he's, you're going to be moving him, but then you're going to be looking for a player to to get that's basically going to do the same thing as him. So I think just holding on to him is the smartest move. But we're going to have some we're going to have some question marks, and we'll we'll tackle that in another episode um, down the line. But there's going to be some weird moves that you're that the Devils could make at the trade deadline with all the unrestricted free agents that they have on the team right now. I'm telling you, I got a good feeling about this Timo Meyer thing. And man, would it be huge. It would be huge. I'm pretty sure the Devils fan base is already like completely in love with this guy. We're willing it to happen. That's what we're doing. I'll be at the Rock tomorrow for the game versus uh, Vegas. I hope to uh, see you all there. I'll be at American Whiskey before the game. You guys know what I look like. If uh, you guys are around, be sure to say what's up. But hopefully we have some good news coming down the pike soon. Hopefully it happens before the uh, before the All-Star break. And we'll see what happens. My name is Billy Botch. You're listening to The Trap, New Jersey Devils podcast. Have a great night.
other half die other half die makes me wonder